Today is the 47th Sunday worship service in 2023. 2023 began on a Sunday. That's a good way to start a year. And here we are today together in the house of the Lord. When the cover is closed on the story of this year in just a few short days, 2023 for some will be a year that you saw job promotions, you saw raises, family additions, grandbabies, new sons and daughters-in-law, opportunities arising for which you did not see coming ten and a half months ago, baptism, Holy Ghost infilling, good joyous times. And if that's you, I celebrate with you today. I'm thankful for the hand of God and the blessing of the Lord on your life. For others, 2023 has been a more sober unfolding of days, placing a death date on a tombstone of a loved one, a sickness that seems to linger on and on, some questions that at least yet still don't have answers. Of a truth, each of us has come to this church building today with a posture of extended hands. You say, well, pastor, I have not extended my hands today. I've seen other people do that. Well, I'm not necessarily just simply talking about physical hands, but each of us has come with some extension of our hands. We're not wrong for this, but it is true. Hands extended with palms up speak of a receiving posture. Would you do that with me right now? Would you just extend your hands with your palms up? Just that posture speaks of a receiving mode. We need things. We desire change. We wish some things were different. Do I have any witness in the house? For these needs, I am so glad that we have a God who listens to our petitions. I am so thankful that Isaiah the prophet declared it such. The Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save. Neither his ear heavy that it cannot hear. I am thankful that his hand touches us when we have a need. And I am grateful that his ear hears our request in the time of our trouble. He has also declared that a bruised reed he would not break, and a smoking flax he would not quench. What does Isaiah the Old Testament prophet mean when he makes this rather strange analogy about a reed and a flax? It's simply this. When you've got down to a real low place in your power, he's not going to throw us away. I'm so thankful that when we've been bruised, he can provide healing. When we have been extinguished in our ability, the God of miracles can step in and touch us right in the nick 
of time. Are you glad about that today? Is there anybody that's your testimony? I almost had given up, but the Lord stepped in right on time. I almost slipped in my belief that God could come through, but just when it seemed darkest, the Lord stepped in. The songwriter David penned words and said, The Lord is near to those who have a broken heart, and he saves such as have a contrite spirit. Ask, Jesus teaches on the mount, and it will be given. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? If you have come with a posture of receiving, ask him today and he will give. Seek for him today and you will find. Knock on that door again and it will be open. Come on, shout it with me. Say receiving. Come on, shout it loud. Say receiving. Receiving. Thank God we can receive today. Thank God. And then there is another posture. It is hands not extended with palms up, but hands extended with palms out. This speaks, this very posture speaks not of receiving, but of giving. I think it's probably what the psalmist meant and felt when he penned what we find to be the 34th Psalm. And he said, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise, his praise, not my praise, not your praise. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. It's not going to be in my mouth just on, on Sunday morning. It's not going to be on my mouth just Wednesday night, but every single day of the week. In the good times and in the bad times, in the dark hours and in the bright sunshine, on the mountaintop and in the valley, when I'm sick in my body or I'm well in my body, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Oh, I feel like preaching a little while today. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he heard me and he delivered me from all of my fears. I'll bless him. I'll praise him. I'll exalt him. I'll give him glory. Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty firmament. Praise him for his mighty acts. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Let everything that has breath praise ye the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. Oh, I feel a praise rising up in my spirit. I feel a praise coming up in the house today. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. 
Now, I'm not trying to trick anybody, but on the count of three, I want you to, if it's, if it's possible for you, I want you to hold your breath. You ready? On the count of three. One, two, three. Hold your breath. Real quick. Hold your breath. <gasps> now, as long as you can hold your breath, you don't have to praise God. But the Bible says, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. So the moment you can't hold it any longer and you let breath come in your body, you are a person that has been designed to give God praise and give God glory and give God the honor and lift him high. Come on, have you got breath? Use it to praise the Lord right now. Have you got breath in your body? Use it to glorify God right now. I've come to give. You may be seated. I feel certain that each of us in this room would desire this testimony. Whatever the will of God is, we want to be in the will of God. I feel a witness in that from this congregation. How many of you, that's what you desire? Whatever that is. Some of you probably are saying, Pastor, would you give me clarity on exactly what that is? Well, whatever it is, I want to be in it. If the will of God is right here, I don't want to be on the outside of that. I don't want to be casual on the perimeter. I want to be smack dab right in the middle of everything that God has for me. If his plan is here... I'm going to be here. I mean, real quick, that's your, your, that's your testimony. That's your, your desire. Well, I'm happy to tell you that I know the will of God for every person in this room. Thank God. Some of you are saying, now, when can I meet you this afternoon? Can we set up an appointment? No, we're going to take care of it right here and right now. In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Everybody say, in everything. In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. It's the will of God for every saint of God. It's the will of God for every guest that's here today. Giving thanks is the will of God for every teenager, every child, every new believer, every elder. It's the will of God for every addict. It's the will of God for every person that your family has been serving the Lord for generations. It is the will of God for us to give thanks. And so my message this morning here on this Sunday before Thanksgiving 2023 will be highly personal. Perhaps in a greater sense it will be motivational for this congregation. But if you'd let me just give thanks. I'm giving thanks in everything today because he counted me worthy to be put into the ministry. I'm giving him thanks for that today. Paul said it like this to Timothy 
And I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has enabled me because he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. Although I was formerly a blasphemer, a persecutor, an insolent man, but I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord was exceedingly abundant with faith and love which are in Christ Jesus. I thank God that he counted me worthy, putting me into the ministry. Now, most of the time when I'm preaching, I, I'm an open book, and I share a lot of stuff that happens in my life, the good things, the bad things, the embarrassing things. But I don't just stay there all the time. But God literally changed my life when he called me into the ministry. Literally. I'm not embellishing. For me, it was very, very dramatic. It was one moment in one service, one time. And it forever changed my life. I went to that service in one direction and I left that service in another direction. I do know what it is to walk in one way and leave a completely different way. I know what it is to have desires that do not line up with the ministry. And when God gets done in that moment, it's my desire. I, I am a testimony today that he will give you the desires of your heart. Now, we read that verse sometimes, and we think that that just means he'll give us what we want. That's not what that verse says. He will literally give you what you desire. Lisa, did you just catch that right there? He will let you experience from his grace what you should desire. I was a young man. I had just turned 18 years old. I was in the formative time of my life. Everything changed. Everything about my life changed. All the plans that I had changed. Where I was going to live changed. Where I was going to go to school changed. It happened in just a moment. And yet, I look back on that many, many years later, many years, 35 years later, and I see the evident hand of God. Now, I'm just personally preaching right now. Just stay with me right now. But folks, if God had not called me, counted me worthy, putting me into the ministry, I would never know you. I sure enough don't think I'd be standing in Arkansas. We have a pastor's chat after church today, and I've had some of our new folks come up to me after pastor's chat and say, now tell me, what is your connection to Arkansas? Were you raised in Arkansas? No, no, and no. So you had a connection. No. I don't know how emphatically to tell you that. No, I had zero. I didn't know what a Razorback was. At all. And yet... Through the providence of God, he said, I got people you need to meet. I got people you need to love. I got people you need to preach to. I got people you need to shepherd. 
I'm going to put you in the I'm going to put your best friends around you. You thought you were headed one way, but I'm going to count you worthy today, calling you in to the ministry. Can I tell you something? I am thanking God. I am standing on this platform today, thanking God that he counted me worthy, calling me into the ministry. It's not haphazard with our creator. He doesn't do things just haphazardly. He has a providence. He has a plan. He's got a direction. And oh, for the people of God, God to say, Lord, lead on. Lead on. So I am thanking God today that he called me into the ministry. By the way, when I was in college, we used to daydream about what our church was going to be called when we pastored. And I remember grabbing a napkin from the, the, the cafeteria table and taking a pen and writing down the name of the church that I would pastor someday and the name of the church was Apostolic Evangelism Center that's impressive isn't it I don't know if you've noticed that's not on the sign out there so even God tweaks it a little bit as you go I'm thanking God this morning for the fellowship of the people of God Philippians chapter 1, verse 1, Paul and Timothy, bondservants of Jesus Christ, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are in Philippi with the bishops and the deacons, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine, making request for you all with joy for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now. I am so thankful for the fellowship of the people of God. Now you've heard me, those of you who've been here for a while, you may have heard me say this. Sometimes we can use terms in church services that are a little bit disjointed and not, not exactly right, and I do it too. But we can say something like turn and just fellowship with the people around you. That's actually not fellowship. That's just shaking hands. Fellowship is sharing life with people. Fellowship, the Greek word is koinonia. It speaks of an intimacy where life is bound together, not because of, of character, not because of just charisma, not even because of personality, but it is bound together by the Holy Spirit of God. You are brothers and sisters in Christ. There is nothing quite as magnificent as seeing the body of Christ in action. There is nothing like seeing people grow and walk after God and seek the face of God and grow in disciplines and walk in, in life together. Here's what I know about being a pastor for a few years. We have walked up some mountains and down some other sides of the mountains together. I look at some people in this room right now and my mind is flooded with examples of testimonies and things that your family has gone through. And I, I've been there and, and, and we've, we've cried together and we've rejoiced together and we've dedicated children together and I've baptized your kids and I've seen uh, people married and I've seen people at all spectrums of life and then missteps and we, we get back up and we climb back up in the saddle and we walk on with the Lord. I thank God for the fellowship of the people of God. I feel a little bit like the Apostle Paul today when he says, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you for your fellowship in the gospel 
from the first day until now. There is nothing quite like the fellowship of the people of God. So let me just stop here long enough to say, if you have not experienced the fellowship, the sharing of life together with the body of Christ, get in it quick. It provides something that nothing else can provide. How many have been at a low place and you had someone in the body of Christ just put their arm around you and you felt strength? How many know what it is to have someone give you the gift of presence? They didn't have to say a lot. In fact, you would prefer if they didn't. But they were there. It's the fellowship of the people of God. I thank God this morning for the difficulties in life. Yeah, I do. Because they help shape me into the image of God. Now, I will say, this type of thanksgiving, it demands mature thinking. Paul wrote to the Romans in Romans chapter number 8 and verse 29. He said, for whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. That he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Job said it like this. He knows the way that I take. And when he has tried me, I shall come forth as gold. When did he speak this? He spoke this after his house collapsed, after pestilence hit his, his livestock, after his children were taken. His response to that tragedy was, he knows the way that I take. And when he has tried me, something good is going to come from this. Something beneficial is going to come from this. Come on, i got to preach this to our church today. The good times don't make us who we are. The difficult times, if handled correctly, make us who we are. It is the difficulties that we ought to thank God for. We wouldn't choose them, but thank God he can bring something good out of the difficulties, out of the struggles, out of the disappointments. That's why I stand here today and I thank God for the difficulties in life. Several years ago, it wasn't here in Cabot, so you don't have to waste time worrying about who it was. I had someone get so angry at me. Genuinely angry. We were sitting, sharing a meal together, and it was a, just a difficult, very difficult conversation. And this individual didn't think that I responded like I should. And I never will forget what he said as he looked across the table at me. He said, I think the thing that I'm having the problem with is your response is just simply to exhibit the fruit of the Spirit. And that makes me mad. Now, Brother Chris, I think he meant that as a criticism. But I didn't take it like that. 
Because, you know, when you and I open our Bibles to the book of Galatians and we read about the fruit of the Spirit, do you know that most of those can best be exemplified through our interactions with other people? Now, lest you think I got all high and mighty about that, there have been plenty of times that someone wouldn't have said that like that guy said. But I thank God for difficulties because they give me a chance to put into practice living for God, responding correctly, not charging God. Are we perfect in that? I'm not perfect. I don't know about you. But here's the thing. That gives us the opportunity to let the Holy Ghost shine through. And I thank God for it today. A few days ago, I was in my house, and I was praying, and I felt the Lord speak to me, and, and here's what he said, and I wrote it down. Maybe it'll help you today. He said, Tim, if you have yielded your life over to the kingdom of God, and you are praying for God's kingdom to come and his will to be done in your life, you must simply believe that anything God allows, can I say it like this? Anything the king allows in my life, can and will ultimately have a kingdom purpose. I just want to speak this over this congregation right now. For those of you that think there's something you can't control and you're worried at what might happen in the next two, three weeks, three, four months, if we have yielded our life to the Lord and are seeking his kingdom and are praying for his kingdom to come in our life, there is nothing that the king is going to allow in our lives except it be something that can bring about a kingdom purpose. That's a word for somebody today. Number four, I'm coming to a close. I'm thanking God this morning for victory beyond what we naturally see. We were singing about it earlier. He's a way maker. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 56 to 58, the sting of death is sin and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, because he's working in things that we don't see, therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. I am so grateful that he is working even when I don't see him working. I am so thankful that he's on the throne. He sees my situation. And if I've given my life to him, he is working on my behalf. Is there anybody in this house, you feel that about your life right now? You can't see the resolution yet. You can't see the perfect answer yet. But somehow you sense that God is working on you. Is there anybody in the house? You sense that God is working on your behalf. God is going to work beyond my senses, beyond what I can perceive, beyond what I can understand. Anybody in here in the last six months, you've had God surprise you with the understanding that he really was listening to your prayers and he really was putting your life together in ways you didn't see. Come on, somebody. That's a testimony. That's a testimony of the goodness of God. I thank God today 
for victory beyond what I can see. Let's claim that victory in our life. I am also grateful today, and I thank God at this Thanksgiving time for the generational advancement of God's kingdom. I am so grateful. Brother Taylor, I want you to stand. Just stand real quick. Don't worry, I'm not going to have you preach. But brother, you blessed me this morning with your praise leading. Blessed me. You can be seated. All of our children, I want you to stand. Stand up. All of our kids, stand up. By the way, we got four more of them to baptize at the close of service today. God's doing great things among our kids. Come up here real quick. Come on, kids. Come up here real quick. Right here on the floor. Right here. I'm going to meet you down here. Come on. Real quick, kids from all over the sanctuary. Come on. Come on. Let's just stand up here and look. smile at those parents. Smile at those grandparents. Come on up here quick. Come on, I want all of our students to come up here. Come on, up here, stand, stand by these kids. Come on up here. All of our hyphen young adults, I want you to come. Come on, those of you young adults that are here, I want you to come. Come quick, come quick, come quick, come quick. I am so sanctified proud of these kids. Come on over here, come on over. Xavier, come on over here. Zach, come on over front and center. I'm so thankful for this generation. I'm so thankful for the anointing of God that's on this generation. Now, I, I, know, I know some of you have seen this, and this goes way beyond parental pride or grandparent pride, but there are some young kids in this church that are not worrying about who's watching them when they praise God. Now, I'm talking about more than just a cute little thing on Sunday morning. You can't fake worship to God. But there's some of these kids, I'm proud of you. I've seen, I've watched you come out while we're having worship. And, and, and you, it doesn't matter who's around. Lakin, you do this all the time. I've seen you do this. You just come on out here and you worship God and you praise God. You got your hands up in there. I saw some of you jumping around and I thank God for that. I thank God for our young adults. We have young adults in this room right now that have literally crisscrossed this globe sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. I thank God for our teenagers in this church. I thank God for the passion for prayer. I watched some of you step out today, out from where you were sitting, and you made your way up to the front. You know what that tells me? That tells me they're stepping into what God has for them. They're not waiting for it to come to them, but they're stepping in. I got people in my life that have told me before, I'm worried about the next generation. I want to just go on record. We're broadcasting it all over the world right now. I am not worried about the next generation. I'm not worrying that they're going to take the ball and drop the ball. I am thankful for the generational advancement in the kingdom of God. Come on, kids. I want you to know God's got his hand on you. God's going to use you in a marvelous way. Teenagers, the anointing of God is on you for prayer. Young adults, the hand of God is on you to make an impact in the world. Dream big dreams. Expect God to work. Let miracle power work through your life. I thank God for the generational advancement of the kingdom of God. So here's what I want you to do. In just a moment, I'm going to have you be dismissed, but I don't want you to go back and sit down. I want you just to stand. You ready? Go.
I'm proud of you, Madison. I thank God for the generational advancement. Everyone stand with me if you would, please. The generational advancement of the kingdom of God. Listen, it cannot end with me. It cannot stop with us. If you've ever heard me make a strong statement and a true statement, I want you to hear me. I believe the greatest hour for the church is ahead of us and not behind us. That's the way God designed his church. Thank God for generational advance. Thank God that there was an Elisha when Elijah was taken. Thank God that there was an anointing on that next generation. I thank God for generational advancement. Finally today, I thank God for Calvary. It's an old message. It's a well-worn passage. But the truth of the matter is we would not be able to experience what we experience in this room if it wasn't for the cross. Isn't it amazing that a Roman execution 2,000 years ago became the life source for us in Arkansas today? That's why Paul said this to the church at Corinth. The message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Brother and Sister Mooney, the message of the cross was for your generation when you were my age. But that message of the cross is still the message for this generation message of Calvary. I thank God for Calvary today. Paul said it a different way to the church at Colossae. You being dead in your trespasses and your sins he is made alive together with him having forgiven you all your trespasses having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us which was contrary to us and he has taken it out of the way having nailed it to the cross having disarmed principalities and powers. He made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them. That's the power of the cross. If you're thankful for the cross of Calvary, I wish you would just give voice to the Lord on that right now. Just all across this room, if you're thankful for the cross, Wish you'd let your voice just come out to the Lord and say, thank you for the cross, Lord. Thank you for the cross, Lord. Thank you for the cross of Calvary, Lord. Come on, why don't we just ask the Lord to search us right now? We come to the cross. We come and we recognize the sacrifice that Jesus made. God, I come humbly before you right now. 
Lord, I feel so unholy when I get in your holy presence. So, Lord, we, we examine our hearts right now. I pray that you will forgive me, Lord. I repent today, right now, of the lust of the flesh, Lord. I repent of the lust of the eyes, Lord. I repent of the pride of life, Lord Jesus. I, I repent, Lord, for getting my eyes on other things rather than the cross of Calvary. I want my life, Lord, to be hid in Christ today. I want that blood of Calvary to wash over my life again this morning. And so, Lord, as we across this room do this, we examine our hearts, Lord. I can't do it for anybody else, but I can do it for me, Lord. I pray you're cleansing right now, Lord. I confess my great need of you, Lord. I confess my great and utter need for a Savior and for forgiveness. And Lord, I thank you that if we confess our sins to you, your word says you are faithful and you are just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Come on, just tell the Lord right now, I'm sorry for that, Lord. I'm turning from that, Lord. I'm starting fresh. I repent right now. Not my will, but your will be done, Lord. Forgive me for what I said. God's bringing to your mind something, to, a conversation, an action, a misstep, something intentional, or maybe even something you didn't know was wrong, but he's bringing it to your mind right now. Ask him to forgive that right now. He will forgive us. He will cleanse us today. His word declares so. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for hearing our request today. Thank you for washing us. Thank you for giving us that opportunity through the cross to be white as snow. We rejoice and thank you, God, for Calvary. We thank you for the old rugged cross. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. As we are in this holy atmosphere, we are going to remember the Lord's sacrifice by receiving communion together. It is a powerful powerful practice of the church let me just lay a little groundwork before we come together at the Lord's table we have to understand something about Jesus and I want you to really listen to him everybody whether you serve the Lord a long time or just you're new to faith I want you to listen Jesus taught many times using what I'll just simply call representative examples I'll give you an example he talked about seed which was common to the audience but he said the seed is like the Word of God the seed represented something he talked in another story about a pearl a precious pearl he said it was an expensive pearl but he said that pearl is likened unto the kingdom of heaven. It was representative teaching. Jesus was a master at this. So it is not unusual at all after Jesus has supper with his disciples. He's assembled those closest to him for a meal. That he picks up bread and he says, this is my body. Was he saying that that actual piece of bread was his actual body? No, he's a representative teacher. He said this bread represents 
my body. He took the cup and he said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Is the cup and the contents of the cup the actual blood of Jesus? No, he's a representative teacher. And he's saying, when you have this, when you partake of this, it represents something else. This is why you and I, after examining our hearts, can come to the Lord's table. Not because there is some ma magical moment in that bread or that juice, not at all, but it's what it represents for us. It represents His cross. It represents His body hanging on that cross. That fruit of the vine represents his blood, which, which initiated a new agreement with mankind. He called it a covenant, which is much more powerful than just an agreement. You know, five different times in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, Paul says, when you come together, when you come together, when you come together, there really is nothing quite like the unity that happens when you and I come together and remember the cross. You talk about a unifying power. We're going to lay our differences aside. We're going to lay our sins aside as we've examined our hearts. And we're going to choose to focus on Jesus and what he did. Here's what he said. He said, for as often as you do this, he didn't spell out and say it has to be every week. He doesn't say it has to be just on New Year's Eve. He said, as often as you do it, you show the Lord's death. But he didn't stop there. He said, till he comes. So when you and I come to communion and we take the bread and the juice, representative of his body and his blood, we are saying he came and he gave his life. Watch this. But he's coming again. And I feel like that's going to happen real soon, brothers and sisters. We ask that our parents help us as far as your children. We trust you to know your children if they have prayed and examined their hearts so that they don't come in a flippant, casual way to this communion time. But if you're here and you want to partake of the communion with us today, I'm going to ask you to come from out of your seats right now. There's three baskets up here at the front. You can come and grab the elements and take it back to your seat. Don't partake of it yet. Just come quickly. Step out from where you are. Come and get the elements and step back to your seat, please. As you do that, why don't you just begin to talk to the Lord right now. Begin to pray. This is not a time for fellowship or talking to one another. This is a solemn time when we're remembering the Lord. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you.
for the cross of Calvary, Lord. We thank you today for Calvary. We thank you for the old rugged cross. We thank you for your sacrifice that you made for me, Lord. It's a personal sacrifice. Yes, Lord. God, we recognize on Sunday morning we could never access your grace without the cross of Calvary. We're not good enough. We're not in a great enough place. We must have the substitute of your life for us. You became our substitute, Lord. You became my penalty, Lord, so that I could have redemption. Thank you for the cross, Lord. Thank you for the cross, Jesus. Take of it yet, just hold it. Paul said it like this in 1 Corinthians chapter 11 For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he said, This is my body which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's take the bread together and remember his body given for us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We appreciate what you did on the cross for us, Lord. same way after supper he took the cup saying this cup is the new covenant in my blood do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me for whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes let's take the cup together thank you Lord thank you Lord Let's let a fresh appreciation for Calvary wash over us right now. Come on, that's it. Go ahead and just thank the Lord for that sacrifice this morning. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. God, we're not worthy, but you made us worthy because of the sacrifice you made on the cross. Thank you for the new covenant, Lord. Thank you for the new covenant through your blood, Lord, that we don't have to sacrifice animals anymore, but once and for all, you became that sacrifice for us, Lord. I worship you for that. I thank you for the cross, Lord. I thank you for your substitution of death. Praise God. To you be all glory, honor, and praise. We're thankful, Lord. We're thankful this week, Lord, for Calvary. We're thankful for Calvary. We're thankful for Calvary. Praise God. Amen. We're going to close out this service by singing unto the Lord. We also are going to prepare to baptize the children that are here to be baptized.
If you are here and you've not been baptized in water in the name of Jesus Christ, we'd love to talk to you about that. It's something that's very, very important, vitally important. To our new guests that are here or our return guests, you're new to our church, you've never been to a pastor's chat, we'd love to have you join us over in Bennett Hall, which is right across the alleyway here. Our team can point you in that direction. If you brought somebody with you, you're welcome to join them for lunch today at our pastor's chat. Before we leave, let's lift our voice to the Lord right now. Let's sing to the Lord. Let's worship Him together. Thank you for the cross, Lord. Thank you for the cross, Lord. Thank you for the price you paid. all my sin and shame. My sin and shame. In love you
for me. Never 